Well, but yep, it's gonna be one of those episodes where we come prepared with almost nothing. Uh, I mean, I guess I'd have stuff if it was interesting to talk about Magic the Gathering because Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate just came out over the course of the last two weeks, but um, I don't know how interesting that'll be as a topic because a lot of it is just visuals and like if you've played the video games it's kind of neat um like i didn't realize they'd given uh, an official name to the make your own player character of baldur's gate one and two but they did and he got a card um he's a boring white guy yep as as every um as every default player character is yeah at least he's like middle age and not shaved head unlike most generic white guy make your own protagonists but yeah so you're saying mass effect 3 should have shipped with with the the reversible cover on the outside with the cover that looked closer to the shepherd that i actually played yeah Also that uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey should have shipped with the female side cover as the default and the male as the alternate because canonically um, Cassandra is the official version of that story even though they let you pick Cassandra or uh, Deimos, whatever the fuck his name was. I don't know. Yeah. There's like there's a name and then there's a title, and the title is applied to whichever one you don't pick because they come like they become like your rival sort of. Although you can befriend them depending how you play that game. Weird. But I mean, you you can't expect them to put the female character on the cover because then it's harder to market to teenagers yeah yeah all the boys to see a girl on the cover and think i can't identify with that because the (laughs) most important thing of a game is that you identify with the character that you're playing yeah they see a girl on the cover and they're like oh that's gay Yeah, <laughs> what were we saying? I don't know. Oh, right, the the player character from Baldur's Gate. Oh, yeah, yeah that's his right. His name's like Abdel... something? I got the cards right here. I can go find his name. He's... His name... His first and last name both start with the letter A, which I assume is a joke because he's the player character, and it's like, well, you're just A-A. That's his name. Uh, Abdel Adrian is the name of the guy. Oh, that's boring. Yep. And he just looks like a... kind of a knockoff Aragorn. But less hot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's hilarious, honestly. Yeah. He's represented by a mono-white card where he's a human warrior and when he enters you can exile any number of other non-land permanents you control until he leaves and you make a bunch of one one white soldiers for them so basically he comes in protects some of your stuff and uh gives you a bunch of soldiers it it's boring nice. he's an uncommon it's it, meh. but i mean the set is neat like i've played baldur's gate one 
and part of two. So I recognize a fair amount of these characters. Um, there's some of them that I don't recognize because they're from Baldur's Gate 3, which technically hasn't even released yet. It's still in early access, but that didn't stop them from putting the whole main cast of that game in this set as uh, playable cards. Yeah, I've never played Baldur's Gate, so I don't know any of the cast, but mm. that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the only one worth remembering is Minsk and Boo, um, who are, like, the face of... Like, they had a card in last year's Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set, which I built a deck around, and now they have a new card, which is a Planeswalker in this set. Um, yeah, Minsk is a... Ranger, he's like bald, he's got this big purple tattoo on his head, and he is like gung-ho about um, like justice and destroying evil and being heroic. So he's, he's very simple-minded that way, but that makes it fun. Um, and Boo is his pet hamster, who he says is a miniaturized giant space hamster. I remember that uh, one. <laughs> yep. Yep, and so the original Minsk and Boo card is that Minsk comes in and brings with him a token of Boo, which is a trample haste 1-1 hamster, and then he has an ability which is based off a thing that happened in one of the comics where you can pay X and make a creature become XX power toughness, which you use, like, the intended way is to make Boo huge and hit people with Boo, but you can also make other things huge, including Minsk, and then you just win with commander damage. Um, nice. The The new Planeswalker one is... It enters, and then I think... When it enters, and on the beginning of each of your turns, you make a boo token. And then you can plus up to put, I think, two or three 1-1 one -one counters on a thing. And then you can downtick to sacrifice a creature to do damage equal to its power to any target. And then... If the sacrifice creature was a hamster, you draw that many cards. So the idea is you make Boo big, and then you throw him at something, and then you get him back on the next turn because you get him again on each upkeep. So I ended up... When I first read the card, I'm like, wait a minute, you're supposed to sacrifice Boo? That feels wrong. Uh, but the fact that you get him back every turn, it means that you know you're never without Boo. Um, so I ended up putting that card into the Minsk and Boo deck that I already had, just as a way to get Boo back, because the pro one of the problems that deck had is that if Boo ever gets destroyed, I have to wait until Minsk also dies so I can recast him and get both of them back at the same time. Um, but yeah, no, that that's like the most fun and memorable character from the Baldur's Gate games. The rest of them are... You're kind of standard generic fantasy fan <laughs> yeah you've got your player character who you can do whatever direction you want with class wise and stuff but his official version is a boring guy with a sword um it's like Imowen is like your childhood friend slash half sister slash sidekick person who i think dies but then comes back as a vampire in the second game or something that sounds very um, anime. Yeah. Especially um, the half-sister part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's probably why I remember her better than... I, I'm blanking on any of the other... I know I had other companions. 
I don't remember who they were or what they did. Um, there's a guy from the third game, since I haven't played the third game, I don't know who he is. But his effect is really good for my dice rolling deck that I had, so I re... Well, I say rebuilt. I put the new dice rolling cards into the deck. And I switched out the commander who was Farida, who was a tiefling, who, whenever you roll a dice, she gets flying and menace till under turn. And if you roll a 10 or higher, you draw a card. Which is okay. I mean, giving her flying... You know, this creature so they just have flying. I, it, it feels kind of weak. Um, this new guy is, you get advantage on dice rolls, or at least, you know, you, you get to roll an extra dice whenever you roll a dice, and you take the better one. And then whenever you roll a dice, he gets a 1-1 counter. So he starts as a 1-1, but then every card that I play that makes me roll a dice makes him get bigger. And then they have this new thing in this set, because they want it to be draftable, so that you can, um, you know, be just getting random cards out of packs and assemble them together into a deck. Um, and Commander is a format where you need to have a legendary creature, and you need to build everything within its color. So to make it more flexible, they have this thing where certain legendary creatures, say, choose a background, and there are legendary enchantments that are the backgrounds that you have in D&D. And those grant abilities to your commander when it's out while your commander's out. So the background I gave him is one that makes it so he's unblockable as long as he's attacking the highest power or, or highest life total opponent. So the deck is now, I play these dice rolling cards, and I roll dice, and things happen, and he gets bigger every time, and then I make him unblockable, and I hit the person who's in the lead. <laughs> so you just basically just destroy with no, uh... If, if I could, I mean, in practice, he hasn't gotten big enough to insta-kill someone, but if I could get him up to 21 power, um, then yeah, I could insta-kill someone. Nice. I have other decks that are better at doing that. But, I mean, it, it runs better. Uh, Farida, you know, it's like you, you roll a dice, she gets flying, but she's still a 3-3, three, three, which you have to hit someone seven times to get a, up to 21 with that, and the deck isn't really equipped to make her stronger, so, yeah, and I, it didn't I, work I... as well. I'm I'm not huge on the uh, history of magic, but I feel like people figured out ways to deal with flying um, 30 years ago. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I mean, flying, the way you deal with it is you either have another flyer, or I mean, and she would be flying menace, so you'd have to have two flyers. But you either have a creature with flying, or a creature, creature with reach, or if it becomes enough of a problem, you just kill the thing. You just play a destroy target creature spell and it dies. And that's one of the problems that the, uh, the Voltron strategy has of you're banking everything on this one creature and the, it can just get blown up. <laughs> but why don't you just play all five cards of Exodia? Mm, um, well, I mean, because it's not legal in this format. <laughs> I could play all the pieces of Con uh, Caldra if I wanted, but they've made a Caldra complete card now, so it's pointless to play three pieces of Caldra when you can just play one piece that does everything. I don't know what that means, but I will trust you. Yeah, it's it, there's a thing in the 
I, the closest <clears throat> thing I know of to Exodia is that there's um, a thing in the original Mirrodin block. Uh, it's the Helm of Cauldra, the Sword of Cauldra, and the Shield of Cauldra. And if you play all three, you get a token that picks up all three of those equipments and wears them. And becomes like an indestructible, double-striking super thing. Um, but then last year in Modern Horizons 2, they made a card called Cauldra Complete. Which is the effects of all three of those cards stapled onto one card. Which is also an equipment, so you can have it come in as itself, or you can pay, you know, like seven mana, I think, to equip it to another creature, and give that creature all the powers of Cauldra. Yeah, that. That's... Although it's it's not like Exodia in that it doesn't win the game; it's just a strong thing that is assembled from multiple cards. Uh, yeah, that. That seems weird that they have this like unique mechanic for a set of cards, and then they just turn it into one later. Hmm. Well, yeah, it was like fifteen years later. Uh, original Mirrodin was the mid two thousands. Hmm. But and and there have been like complete Exodia cards, except I don't think they win you the game if you play them. Well, then what's the what's the point if you can't yell Exodia obliterate? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, mechanically, as far as winning the game, there are other, you know, combos you can do that will win you the game in Magic, but a lot of the ones that I run are just, like, two cards. Just play this card, play this card, do it, you know, you play Exquisite Blood, which makes it so whenever um, an opponent loses life, you gain life. And you Sanguine Bond which is whenever you gain life, target opponent loses life. and then So you get both of those on board, and then you just do one damage to someone, and everybody dies. Because they lose a life, you gain a life, you gain a life, they lose a life, lose a life, gain a life, gain a life, lose a life, back and forth until everybody's dead. That sounds fun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, I... I I, I have, like, 70-something decks at this point. So in my earlier decks, I would run combos, because that's the most efficient way to win. But now that I have those decks, I, I try not to put those things in, unless the deck has no other way to win. Because it's kind of boring to just win the, the same way every time. Yeah, that's... Like, outside of any other... Um things like that's what really made hearthstone um go downhill after a while is that mm. everybody's just trying to play their own combos mm. and it's basically just both players playing solitaire until somebody gets all their combo off and wins yeah yeah when you get into like competitive magic it basically becomes a matchup of People trying to play their combos and people trying to slow the decks slash game down enough that the other person can't combo off first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did, you know, think flavorful ways to win. Um, yesterday in the Discord uh, cardboard box, talking card games, um, Fair Majesty, I think. I think I'm remembering that name right. Uh, 
told me about a card that I'm I've just ordered 10 copies of and I'm going to go buy more tomorrow <laughs> when uh I go to the game shop because it sounds like a lot of fun. It, How many it's like copies a 10 do you need. <laughs> uh I mean I'm just impatient cuz the 10 copies I bought are coming in the mail in like a week. And I want to start sticking index and playing it now cuz it's like a 10 cent card but it sounds really fun. Um it's called Dragon Throne of Tarkir. And it's an equipment, costs 4 mana, and then costs another 3 mana to equip. Uh, so it's not very mana efficient, it's kind of expensive, but costs 4 mana, 3 to equip, and then the equipped creature has Defender, which means it can't attack. But you can pay 2 and tap the equipped creature and give all your other creatures plus X plus X and trample where X is that creature's power. So basically, like... Oh, wow. Like, my ooze deck is a deck where I make a bunch of, like, green blobs, and then I make them bigger, and they usually just sit there until I find a way to give them trample so they can attack. Otherwise, I just have this big wall of goop. Um, but if <laughs> I get that card, I give that to the biggest of my blobs, and that blob will sit back on its big blob chair, and then just point and go... <laughs> and all the other blobs will get... <laughs> Increase in power toughness equal to the size of the big blob, and then they also all get trample, and then I just flip blobs at people. I'm sorry. That was really that was really good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm I'm definitely putting that in the blob deck. I want to put it in the Emrakul deck because Emrakul is one that is a thirteen thirteen giant space jellyfish chaos monster god thing um and the idea with that deck hopefully is that i get it out i give it double strike and then i hit someone with a flying 13 26 commander damage and that's lethal if that hits nice um but it could also be fun to just let emrakul hang back and sit on the throne and give all my other creatures plus 13 plus 13 and trample and then if I have Gingerbread out, he's a 1-1 Gingerbread Man cookie. Uh, I can make him a 14-14 Trampling Gingerbread cookie and just reenact the end of Shrek 2. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Does it uh, come in with, like, like it, it, it has to be old school. It has to be, like, a tape recorder <laughs> with, with, with I Need a Hero on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so that that does sound interesting. Like it, it's it's like a really good uh, like aggro beatdown card, but also it's really slow. Yeah, it's so. it's mana intensive, which makes it slow, and also it makes it so whatever creature you put it on can't attack. But if you have a deck where you've got one creature that's going to be very big. And then you're also going to have a wide line of smaller creatures. Then it's really good, because then you can just turn them all into a stompy army. Nice. Thick blob wall. Mm. Yep. I, I like the um, I like the, the visual of it, too, where it's just like mm. a bunch of blobs just like flooding into your board. Yeah. Yeah, and then we just got, like, Rocket Slime sitting on the throne with a crown. <laughs> uh, that's pretty great. Yeah. Huh. Well, <clears throat> magic talk lasted longer than I thought it would. 
Yeah. Um, That's fine. We need to fill time. <laughs> yeah. No, because topics we have this week, we've got your progress update on Pokemon. Yay. And I watched everything everywhere all at once. And... I want yeah, to watch that. Yeah, it's it's on digital now. Um, DVD comes out in like a month. I don't know if or when it will go to a streaming service. It's. I don't think it's one of the big. It, it's like none of the big publishers of movies. Yeah it. It seemed like it just got really popular by reputation. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't really know anything about it other than the one trailer I saw in front of Spider-Man. Mm. Um, so should we talk about that next, or? Yeah, we can. Uh, I don't know if I want you to spoil this one, though, just because I do plan on seeing it, and also I don't okay. know anything about it. Okay, I mean, I guess... It's, it's like a... It's like a... She gets multiverse powers or some shit. Yeah, I guess I'll do spoilers insofar as telling you what the like premise and setup are. Um, you know, first third of the movie, maybe. Um, and I will say, I've watched the movie twice, and I definitely recommend if you watch it, watching it multiple times, because there's things that just seem like some random thing that happened early on, but actually they play into later in the movie and you don't really notice it the first time. Uh, but then you go back and it's like, oh, that thing, that thing came back in this point. Because um, there's almost like a dreamlike logic to how the movie's structured, where there's just this, like, a bunch of just random things that are, like, around and then they all become important and they all factor in. Um, but, okay, so setup for the movie is that um michelle yo is playing a i think the description on the movie says she's like an aging immigrant uh she, she is it's a middle-aged um she's a chinese immigrant she you see in flashbacks uh she'd met a guy in china who uh wanted to go to america and uh start up a laundromat and so against her father's wishes she married that guy and went off and now it's you know decades later they've had a kid who is now grown up and uh you know kind of a somewhat strained relationship with their daughter um the husband is um he he's like very positive and cheerful all the time in like kind of a nerdy like, cute way um she is like stressed out from you know all all just the life stuff and that there's like uh a tax audit on their laundromat that they have to get to there's um you know, the strained relationship with the daughter and her husband, she doesn't realize at first, she finds out later, is, uh, he's filed for divorce thinking that maybe that will be good for her because she's so stressed out being with him. Um, because, you know, it, it's like, it, it is divorce, but also he's trying to be thoughtful. Um, but, so anyway, they, um, 
And, and then there's also her her father uh, comes to visit, and he's you know also getting older and seems like partly senile maybe. Um, but so so her and her husband and father go to the uh, tax office where Jamie Lee Curtis is the uh, oh. person doing their tax. Oh, also, I forgot the husband. I don't remember the actor's name, but it's Short Round from Temple of Doom. <laughs> uh, the, at, at, around like 2000, he stopped doing movies and started just doing stunt work. And then they you know, got him back in to do movies again you know 20 years right. later on this script so he's back and he's he's lovable um but yeah so they they go to this tax audit and while they are there well even before they get to the desk um the husband in the elevator suddenly like flips into a different personality of himself who says that he's another version from another universe and that the multiverse is in danger and you know he gives uh michelle yo these little earbud things that um you basically you have to do something random and weird and off the wall and then you hit the button on the earbud thing and it will transport you into another multiverse at least like mentally you project yourself into another multiverse where you can see how life would have gone differently if you'd made different choices and the idea is you go to those other multiverses to pick up skills from yourself that you learned in these other paths your life could have taken um and so so it's it's like the animus if they ever paid that story off (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah, except happening even more rapidly. It doesn't need, you know, the whole big, like, sauna bed thing that they have in Assassin's Creed to yeah. let you, you know, go in there. It's just a little headgear thing. You need to tap it, and just in a split second, you're in another universe, and then you're back to the regular universe, and you've learned things. Although we do get to, because we're following these characters, we see what Michelle Yeoh is doing in these other universes where she's like a professional singer or a professional chef or all these other paths that she could have gone on. Uh, oh, so but, it's it's playing on like her insecurities of like her dad telling her not to marry this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there is a timeline where she didn't marry the guy and then she got ambushed in... Uh, like an alleyway and rescued by a martial arts master and she went off to a dojo and became a martial arts like super expert um, wow. and she was just like catching flies out of the air with her fingers and stuff um, so yeah and uh, like they make a point at one point that this Michelle Yeoh is the, the special one who can you know save the multiverse because everything in her life has gone as bad as it possibly could have which means she has infinite potential to see all the other better paths that could have happened. Um. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. That sucks. And, and that is probably about as far as I should uh. spoil. I mean, that that's like the setup. And yes, there is a big multiversal threat and you find out who it is and why it is and and what and there's just a lot of very strange funny things that happen um yeah it 
it especially because like they have to do something weird and stupid just to get into another universe so it'll be like you have to pee your pants and then you hit the button (laughs) or you eat a chapstick and then you push the button oh my god yeah (laughs) that's so stupid (laughs) yeah i i i saw the ad for it like six months ago and i was like oh that that looks really cool and Mm. then it came out and uh everybody was like this is probably going to be one of the best movies of the year. Um, even even if it might just be because theaters are still really slow getting back. Mm. Um, then, it, then it came out and everybody was like, oh yeah, this is really fucking cool. And I never got to see it in theaters. But yeah, I really no, want to watch think, it. Eh. It had a run in theaters, and then it was popular enough that it came back for more. Oh, so it it paved the way for Morbius. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, because it was internet word of mouth that got it back into theaters, which was also what happened with Morbius. <laughs> Although it wasn't people saying good things about Morbius, it was just people saying things about Morbius. <laughs> uh, Sony got more twice. <laughs> yeah. That that's one of my favorite things that the internet does. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, it could be good or bad because, uh, like, when it when that shit happens to you know, like fucking Sony, it's like who cares, right? Mm. Just when they target the right people, it's funny as shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, they actually released it again, and it made like less than a million dollars. Yeah, no, it probably didn't even make it. I don't know what his budget was, but I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't make that back. I I think I saw that the production budget was like under a hundred million. Okay, um, but like that doesn't count like the marketing and everything. Yeah, like marketing that. you you would double that number, so it'd be like two hundred million that so they would have to make to break even. They're probably they're probably like either in the red or in the black. <laughs> I mean, even, like, factoring in all the delays, that probably added to the overall cost of, yeah. like, marketing, because you have to market it over a longer span of time. <laughs> I wonder how much it costs to put it in theaters again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even make a million. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, and from everything I've heard... Since I've seen the post-credit scene on YouTube, I've seen the best part of the movie, and there's nothing else in the movie <laughs> worth watching. So I shouldn't even get like rent the DVD or anything because it's just a like stock standard vampire action movie with a really weird mid-credit scene. You didn't even want to see the part where he says it's Morbenta. <laughs> no, I don't care. I'll just believe that that happened. <laughs> That's the joke, right? Is that the <clears throat> the version that everybody's making up is just so much better than the the version that actually exists? So nobody actually wants to watch it. Yeah, and I don't know that Jared Leto would do a line like that. He seems too self serious to make fun of a character that he's playing. Well, yeah, he's method. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, it, it's not that he's just a dick, right? That, no, that no. That would be it. 
it it's not that he was in show business for all his life so he has no real connection to reality anymore that couldn't be it right no he seems like a perfectly normal and well-adjusted individual more like 30 seconds to farts right Mm. Ooh, <laughs> got him. <laughs> you should play uh, Paul Blart <laughs> method. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's our title. Jared Leto should play Paul Blart. <laughs> mm. Paul Blart three. It's Mormon time. <laughs> And John Wick shows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Blart Three is part of the is, is part of the Sony Cinematic Universe. Mm. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. He is Sony. <laughs> I would. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, Paul Blart should be the Nick Fury of the Sony Marvel. <laughs> Universe. <laughs> Everything revolves around him secretly. <laughs> this universe runs on Kevin James. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, the I I don't even. What else is there to say about Morbius, a movie that we haven't seen? Uh, nothing, unless we want to talk about what it's going to lead to with, like, Craven and Madam Web and, um, El Muerto, whatever else they've got in development for pointless Spider-Man spinoffs. How many villains does Spider-Man have that they could actually make a solo movie of? If they can do El Muerto... Then there's like a few thousand <laughs> villains that they could pull from. <laughs> they make a movie of the wall. <laughs> I mean, we, we still need to get Big Wheel first. <laughs> of course, you can't Big have Wheel the wall and without Rocket Big Racer. Wheel. Oh, what, what if Big Wheel teams up with the wall? Mm. That would be an unstoppable And they become combo. the Big Wall. The big wall. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> we we always get back on Spider Man, and it's always fun every time. Mm. Um, but like, like le- legitimately, how many how many Spider Man villains can actually um, are, are we can actually ones lead a movie that have already done live action movies? Like, like, yeah, Venom. Yeah, I mean, Venom... Like, Doc Ock and Green Goblin, it would be tricky, but you probably could. I mean, the, I feel like those like, Once two. they have enough material, those two... Mysterio could... Uh, Mysterio, at one point, was one that they were talking about doing a solo movie of until they thankfully put him in Far From Home and didn't fuck him up. Yeah. Um, I don't think... Or Craven's gonna get fucked up when they make his... Solo spinoff. I I feel like Craven is like second after Venom as a character who might be interesting on his own. Yeah, um, I mean it doesn't. I can't like Venom. 
has had enough solo stories that even though they, you know, there's a lot of valid criticism of doing a Venom movie with no Spider-Man and how that doesn't make sense, uh, th there's still enough material to do one. Like, Craven on his own is the kind of character who could do his own story, but it it feels like he wouldn't feel like Craven at that point. It would just be Big Game Hunter Man, the movie. Yeah. Who happens to be a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, I guess the thing would be they would have to make him hunt somebody else that's, like, super-powered to make yeah. it as interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, have him start off hunting animals and then gets hooked on hunting some super-powered human. Yeah, but also it's really only interesting if he loses, right? Because, I mean, if he wins, he just kills a dude <laughs> and it's over. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to fight, like, a super villain or something. Fight Morbius. Mm, that could work. That actually would be um, an interesting uh, hunt. Craven right? the Vampire Hunter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually, uh, it actually works as a title, and I'd be yeah. surprised if nobody's done it before. Have Craven team up with Blade and hunting vampires. Why is that not a thing that's happened? Hmm. Or I mean, at least, th th not that I know of. Craven's been a character in the comics since the '60s, <clears throat> so I could definitely see someone has done that story by now, and we just haven't read it. Yeah. All right, let's look it up. Mm. Well, you're looking at that. I'm looking at my collection of Spider-Man Lego figures to see who else could headline a movie. Chameleon, maybe. You know, it would be like an espionage thriller, but, you know, his whole thing is disguising himself as other people, so that could work. Rhino has had some comics where they give him a personality, but he is just yeah. a big brute as a character. Yeah, he's he's a big dumb guy. Yeah. It's hard to make a, a, a movie just about a big dumb guy. Yeah, I mean, like, in the comics, he's had a love interest before, and he's, like, gone back and forth on whether he's, you know, really a bad guy or not, but he is not really a complex character. Um, Just because he's bad guy doesn't mean he's bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Hobgoblin, I really like the costume. I don't know. If you're going to do a goblin movie, you might as well just do Green Goblin. Yeah. And Hobgoblin even, doesn't make much sense without Green Goblin. Even Green Goblin, I don't think, is as interesting without the the Peter Spider-Man connection. Mm. Uh, give, give me a second to get my dog. Okay. Yay, Hobgoblin. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Scorpion could work, except he if without a Spider-Man there, it would just end with him murdering J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> well, that'd but, be a good, like, uh, that would be a or good like, one-off comic, maybe. Yeah, they just change it from Jonah being the main antagonist to, like, Smythe or something. And make it be, you know, the story of a guy who thought he was getting superpowers and instead got grafted into this scorpion suit and he hates it and he needs to go kill the guy who put him in that suit. Who is, like, an evil scientist or something. And Jameson is just there. If they even bother to include that aspect of it. 
Yeah, uh, I really liked Scorpion from the Spider-Man 1 movie video game. Mm. <clears throat> it was just like a, a crazy lunatic in a superpower suit. Yeah, I liked him in the N64 PS1 game, where you can pick up every piece of furniture in Jameson's office and throw it at him. <laughs> yeah, but does he has a does he have a tail laser? I don't remember. It's, it's uh, been so long. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't played the the Spider-Man One game in a very long time either. Mm. Why why play Spider-Man One when you have Spider-Man Two right in front of you? Yeah, it would be easier for me to play Spider-Man 1, because I have the GameCube sitting under the TV. I just have to figure out which cables need to be plugged back in to play it. I don't think my TV even has the uh, AV cables anymore. No, I, I, have an, I have an adapter that switches <clears throat> it into HDMI. Yeah, I had to buy one of those for my sister, because... Uh, the only console that she ever bought was a Wii, mm. and she couldn't figure out figure out how to set it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the it doesn't have HDMI on that. I yeah. think the Wii U did, but the Wii doesn't. Yeah, or, or at least it didn't come default. Yeah. I, I don't know the if they later, ever... It, like the mini model that they put out later, maybe that one did. Yeah, I don't... I don't I think that was a big thing at the time that it was the only one of the three that wasn't HD mm. capable. Yeah. Because those consoles came out in like 2006. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Wii was like what, like $200 cheaper than the other two? Oh yeah, something like like the PS3 came out at like 600 something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I think the Xbox was like 500 and the Wii was like 250. Yeah. That's why nobody bought a PS3 for like 3 more years when they were like they were at least expensive and had no games. Yeah. Well, by like 2009, they did have games. So that's when people started buying them and that's when they kind of caught up. Mm. Co console wars they're very significant <laughs> mm. yeah actually video games um the summer games fest <laughs> the, the summer uh, james fest yeah summer james fest had uh jeff Keeley did his two-hour presentation on games and stuff um Apparently, it's the year of the space horror game, because there were at least five or six games that were basically just Dead Space. One of them actually from the makers of Dead Space, and the others just, I don't know, there was like a new alien game, and other games where zombies kill people in space. Alien masturbation. <laughs> mm. I don't even remember the title. Yeah. It's like there Dark you know, Descent or something, some generic shit. It, it's the sequel to Colonial Marines. Yeah, probably. It's it's made by Bethesda, <laughs> so you know it'll be good. Mm. I I haven't actually seen any fucking trailers, so I I am one hundred percent just talking shit. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I miss E3, because as bad as E3 is, at least it's 
like a fun thing where I end up seeing more video games than I usually do because most of the year if there's an announcement <clears throat> it's just like one announcement and I don't care or if it's like a PlayStation state of play I don't have a PlayStation so why am I gonna watch that um, like if they're all happening in the same window like E3 then sure I'll get caught up in the hype and watch all of it but yeah most all the scattered presentations throughout the year I even, even like Nintendo directs it seems like lately they announce them with like one day's notice and then they're out and then that's it uh, there's like there's no build up to it um, yeah so, like, I, I, I I never even really paid attention to E3 like I I would like look at lists of trailers after <laughs> see like if any of them caught my interest um like even like the the only thing I really heard about that really caught my attention was they're apparently making a remake of The Last of Us. Yep. And yeah, that it, leaked before the show, but because yeah. the show was live, they actually talked about the leak during the show. Weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> almost sounds like as if the leak was planned. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, because, uh, yeah, because it leaked before the show that they are making a The Last of Us Part 1 is the title. You know, now that there's a Part 2, they've retconned the first game to be Part 1. Yeah. And it is That's dumb. $70, um, even though you can get the original for, like, 10 bucks new at Best Buy. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not even 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. And it's already been re-released in an upgraded version once before. Yeah, for the now, for the PS4. Yeah, which but now it's re-remastered, and yeah. it's full seventy dollars. And during the presentation, they said, "Yeah, it leaked." But anyway, we got the trailer for it, and we want to talk to you about how um, the, the the game has been rebuilt from the ground up with like new models for like the characters, which I think th they did that for Spider Man, didn't they? When they re, I know yeah. there was something about they changed they, the look of Peter Parker. They 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 redid the face actor of uh, Spider Man, of, of Peter Parker, to, okay. I, I guess to make it more, like more mesh Tom with Tom Hollandish. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, it's stupid to me, but it's also like whatever. Mm. Um, I don't really care it's gonna be off-putting when i play the sequel eventually mm. and it's a completely different spider-man than the game i have mm. but i don't know it, it's whatever <laughs> yeah but yeah so they they have updated all the character models and they you know showed side-by-side -side comparisons and they do look somewhat different like the hair looks a little different faces look a little different um but it was the same art director who directed the game originally, so it's not like compromised vision in them changing it. It's just that they're changing yeah, the mean, faces. It, it's it's attempted photorealism. I don't know how much compromised vi compromised vision there could even be. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going for even more photoreal than it was before. Um, yeah. And yeah, so because they've redone so much of the game. Uh, it's gonna be seventy bucks. 
if you want to buy it on your PS5 that you definitely have because there haven't been any shortages of PS5s. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at, at some point I just decided I'm not getting a PS5 because, mm. first of all, I can't. And second of all, they're putting all the games on PC like two years later anyway, so... Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, which, and, like, Xbox... Which, um, the, the PC version, like, apparently they're putting the the Last of Us remake on PC. Yeah. Which is the only reason for remaking it, because it's only nine years old. Mm. It hold, holds up pretty good. But it isn't and on PC in the original version? Right. And okay. it, it, there, there might... I I don't know this for sure, but there might be a problem with porting PS3 games to the PC. Mm. Because it, it was, like, notoriously difficult uh, <laughs> to make games for. Mm. So there might actually be, like, programming reasons why they can't just uh, pull out all the assets and do that. Um, okay. But th- that's the only... That's the only good reason that makes sense to me. Like, I don't know why anybody would get it for PS5. That makes no goddamn sense. Mm. Yeah. And, like, with Xbox, I like that so far, you know, most of the games seem like they're coming out and you can play them on Xbox One or you can play them on the new series systems. Um, so, it's like I don't have to get a new console to keep playing games. And it sounds like some games are now saying that they can only play on Series X. And I assume that's just a, um, a thing like you, you need like a certain amount of processing power to play it. And the one isn't capable of that. Because otherwise, yeah. as far as I know, the, like, the architecture between the two <clears throat> systems is the same. It's just that you've got a better like computer shit in your Series X <laughs> than you do in your Xbox One. But it's like the same... You know, software reading. You know, like that. They, they've tried to limit, as Xbox has gone on, limit the differences between the the systems, so you can keep playing old games on mm. new machines. Don't they? Don't they run like a a really specific version of Windows? Yeah, something like that. I think like Xbox original uh, was like a different thing. And the, so when 360 came out, to make Xbox original games playable, they had to do it as, like, you download a ROM, basically. You put the disc in, and it goes online, and it downloads a ROM to play it. <laughs> um, and that's still how that works for other games. You know, for, like, the Xbox One, if you want to play original, or I think even 360, it, yeah. like, downloads files to make them playable. But... 360 to 1 to Series X, I think, have kept their architecture similar enough that there's, you know, it's just a difference of, like, hardware specifications on whether or not it will play on one machine or the other. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I think that's maybe, like, the, the one, like, really big advantage that Microsoft has is that, mm. um, like, like I, I can play all my old. 360 most of my old 360 games except for the ones that had like licensing agreements that i guess expired like the james bond games i can't play those on there but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just mean like in in general, like they keep they keep all their stuff pretty consistent. Mm. Um, it's like what Apple says they do, but actually don't. <laughs> mm. Where where like you can you can actually switch stuff over pretty easily, uh, to my understanding. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So at least so far, I haven't felt the need to get a Series X. And I don't know what kind of game at this point would even make me feel like I need to get a Series X. Uh, whatever new Halo is coming out that everybody will hate. I, get, I mean, even Infinite, I waited like a year before I played it. Or I guess I guess it wasn't. It, it came out like last December and I just played it. So I waited like six months. But it was delayed for a while and I just didn't care. Um, I mean, yeah, like Halo is one that I would want, but I don't feel like I need to buy a system for. Um... They're making a new Perfect Dark, and I do want that, but Perfect Dark Zero was pretty bad. So at this point, there's only been one good Perfect Dark game anyway, and I can play that one on my Xbox One. So well, I don't you, need... You can't make a Perfect or Dark? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Perfect Dark did have... The N64 one, there was a Nintendo Power Guidebook to the game, which I have. Which included comics that had, like, a story that happens after the game. So there's, like, a setup there for a story that they could do, but then Zero went in a different direction. They decided to do a prequel, decided to focus more on the hyper-corporations and less on the aliens. And, um... And then, yeah, like, they, they put a lot of effort into trying to make that game a thing even though it wasn't a great game and it didn't become a thing. And then the series has just been dormant for the last 17 years. Um, there's a new one in development now. I have no idea if it's like a reboot or or what. Yeah, speaking of stuff like that, Dragon's Dogma 2 still has not been announced yet. Mm. <laughs> Which is a game I've been waiting for for literally a decade now. Yeah, I think with Perfect Dark, the original one is set in 2023, so we're almost up to the time where the game <laughs> happens. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's one of those like near future sci-fi's where uh, Zero happened in either 2020 or 2021, so that one's already happened, and um, Originals 2023, so that'll be next year. Will be the year yeah. that Perfect Dark happens. Yeah, like uh, Ace, Ace Combat Three came out in like I think like nineteen ninety nine, and mm. it was set in I think the twenty forties. Okay. So like we're we're over halfway there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and all of Metal Gear has already happened because the last one was Rising Revengeance, and that happened in like twenty seventeen, I think. Yeah. It's a good thing nothing like that would ever actually happen. Mm. You know, minus the big robots and stuff. Yeah, the, the big robots would actually happen. Yeah, not not any of that other pol like political nonsense. That would n never yeah. happen. No. <laughs> it sure was crazy when all the soldiers in the world were being controlled by nanomachines and they all went haywire, though. Until that one guy <laughs> walked through a big microwave to shut it all down. <laughs> And then fought another guy shirtless on top of a boat. 
<laughs> you know, when you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. Mm. Uh. Um, but yeah, so the, the Summer Games Fest had a two-hour-long presentation. I think, like, sure, there, like, there were a lot of horror games. Games that actually caught my eye, there's a Goat Simulator 3, which I'll be interested in when it comes to Switch. I could get it on... I do have the original on Xbox, but then I got it again on Switch, and I only play on Switch now. Um... But I could, if I really wanted, play it on Xbox. Because um, those games are fun. Uh, it looks like the, the new thing with Goat Simulator 3 is that you can play four-player multiplayer. So you can team up and wreak goat mayhem on everyone together. Huh. I, uh, I've never actually played Goat Simulator, but I've seen... I've probably watched like 20 hours of gameplay of it. Mm. it. Yeah, it's just like a physics sandbox game. Yeah. Where you just play as a goat and like wreak goat havoc. Yeah, like, you headbutt like things game. and you lick things and everything just flies around and blows up. <laughs> and you get weird achievements for doing weird things. Yeah. Isn't there, like, a Tony Hawk-style score system, too? Yeah, yeah, you can get, like, combo meters going and chain your combos when you do other moves. If you're, like, walking on your front hooves and then you jump and then you lick something and then you headbutt something. <laughs> SSS goatee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that looks fun. Um, the new Saints Row game, I... I'm considering downloading there's a free thing you can get now on I think Xbox and PlayStation you know the old and the new one so PS4 and Xbox one also have it uh, you can download the character creator for the game because I you know I think like they want people to see that yes this will have as much customization as past Saints Rose have had and it does, you know, look like, yeah, you can, you know, change your skin color to any color of the rainbow. You can change your body style to all kinds of different shapes and sizes. And you get, you know, I don't know how much of the costume catalog is available in this demo character creator, but it could be fun just to see. I mean, even in the games, you had to buy most of that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I don't know if. Because if if the character creator is just the character creator from the start of the game, it would just be you make your body and then you have your default clothes. But yeah. since it is like a demo version, maybe they'll put more stuff in there to let you pick from to yeah. get a taste they, of what you can do they, with the full game. They might have like default clothes like MMOs have, maybe. If they're yeah. doing the whole separate thing. That would make sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'm interested to try it, but at the same time, I really don't play my Xbox that much anymore. You know, it's just, it's nice with the Switch having, like, you know, five hours of being able to play it without having to look at a TV. And then if the battery wears out and I really want to keep playing, I can switch it to TV. But Is that what they call it, that? Uh, no, I think it's because it's a sex toy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well... But it, it is a nice uh, <laughs> uh, you know, coincidence that you could also call it a Switch for that reason. 
I mean, the Joy-Con does have a rumble feature. <laughs> mm, and it does bring joy. <laughs> and oh, Lord. I guess that maybe that's why everyone's thumbsticks are broken. <laughs> it's not drift. It's just... <laughs> It's not durable <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh man. Um, but otherwise, With, if if you ever play somebody else's Switch, sniff the Joy Cons. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and you know, use hand sanitizer before and after. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should uh, probably do that anyway. Um, yeah. Electronics are gross. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I don't remember. I feel like there was another Summer Games Fest announcement that I thought, yeah, oh, yeah, no, and I don't remember now. Um, they're doing What's another Marvel game. It's called uh, Midnight Suns, and weird. it seemed like it was going to focus on, like, the supernatural, like, Blade and Moon Knight and those kind of guys, but based on the trailer, it looks like it's Spider Man and Wolverine and Doctor Strange and some other I, but they all so, have new costumes for this thing and they're fighting like demons and some kind of succubus or something yeah i thought that was the point of the midnight sun was like the the whole like universal monster related um yeah i think ghost riders in it and blade might be in it uh, <clears throat> but yeah but I, I mean they but also spider-man it's headlining yeah, Spider-Man. There's all Spider-Man all over the trailer. <laughs> the villain uh, is Morbius. Venom is also in it. Oh, of course. Um, and that was the reveal is that Venom is in it, but he's he doesn't start off as a hero, at least. He is mind-controlled by Succubus Lady and turned into a demon monster. So there's a demon Venom and a demon Hulk and other Marvel characters who've been turned into demon versions. Is it Morgan, and it's actually a Marvel versus Capcom um, secret? Uh, maybe inspired by Morgan. Because that that would that would actually be pretty funny if that happened. Mm. But I mean, it's not gonna. I know. But. Yeah, it's not a Capcom game. It's some other group doing it. Um, not Square Enix. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, no, they didn't, you know, overproduce this one. It looks about like what you'd expect for a Marvel beat em up game. Who made Guardians of the Galaxy again? Square Enix. I thought so. Yeah, they did Avengers and they did Guardians. And one of those games was good, but uh, they both feel like they poured way more money into it than they would really get back from a project like that. I mean that's that's Square Enix's MO, right? Like they they pour way too much money into a game and if it doesn't sell fifty billion copies then they lose out. Yeah. Um Remember Remember but, Tomb Raider? Yeah, uh, I remember the first one did really well. Yeah. And but, but, I don't know about the other two. There were two. Uh, there were three of them. Uh, well, well, trilogy. There were I, two I sequels, met two so. other ones. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember the one sequel. I yeah, didn't the, play it, but I remember it. Yeah, there was one sequel where I think she was in like the Arctic, and then the third one was like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. 
I think I think it was like Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, or something. Revenge of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Um, I know the I Tomb played... Raider Strikes Back. Yeah, I played part of the third one because I found it on sale once, and I hadn't played any of them, and it was fine. I mean, it seemed like you know, an Uncharted action game kind of thing. You yeah. run and jump on the path that the game tells you to run and jump on, and occasionally take a side path. Yeah, the the first one was like, um, what if Uncharted, but also like five percent Zelda because you can backtrack and like get items that will help you get to other places. Mm. And that's about it. <laughs> yep. And then they made a movie out of it, which also did okay, I think. Wait, they did. There, there was a new Tomb Raider movie. Oh, I. A few years do ago. Not, I do not recall. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I guess I don't really... Interact with pop culture anymore. In a yeah, meaningful way. Th- there's too much of it. It's everywhere. Yeah. All at once. <laughs> uh, but, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but... So Marvel Midnight Suns, it looks kind of neat. But they've taken Switch off of the list of systems available at launch, and I don't know if hmm. it's coming later. So it, I've gone from mildly caring to back to not caring. It'll come in a um, in a cloud version. Mm. Yeah, that I will never play because I don't. You know, I want to play portable, and I don't want to have to be you know always in a place that has internet. Like sometimes I want to play at work, but. Yeah. I I think the only time I've played Switch recently is Subnautica. Mm. And it it runs decent on Switch. Good enough. Stuff pops in, but other than that it's cool. Yeah. But I I mean I well I played uh I played Mario Odyssey a few months ago, but aside from that, I don't know. Yeah, I let's see, have at work mainly been playing um lego star wars skywalker saga i'm like 70 i think i'm like 80 early like 83 percent maybe of collecting all the collectibles in the game um i've got like all the bricks collected now for all the planets from the original trilogy and all the planets from the prequels except for Mustafar, I think. That's the last one I have to do. And then there's a few planets from the sequels that I... St- uh, pretty much like The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker ones. I haven't gone through and cleared those ones out yet. There were planets in the sequels? Uh, yeah, the sequels were pretty much all new planets because people complained so much that they did Tatooine again in the <laughs> prequels. The, in the sequels, they said, well, what if we called it Jakku, and it was a different <laughs> desert planet? And yeah. then people said, well, this is just a, you know the same desert planet, but different. And they said, okay, well, what if we did another desert planet, and we called it Pasana? And that's in Rise of Skywalker. At, and it's at least another that desert one, planet. At least yeah. that one actually had people on it. Yeah, like that one had, you know, like, Jakku is Tatooine, except it's vast... 
expanses of desert and also a ship graveyard from some kind of big rebel empire fight from 30 years ago um and then pasana is tatooine except there's more like rocky outcroppings and also there's a bunch of people having a big colorful festival thing and also there's a sandworm that lives in the mud in a cave in a sinkhole and also if you have the force it maybe won't bite you yeah yeah it's just a big bear that's got a thorn in its paw and if you take the thorn out of its paw it'll love you forever (laughs) and that's where Chewie died but not really yep that's where some other people died but it's okay they weren't Chewie yeah I fucking love to hate that movie. (laughs) She did blow up a ship full of people. It's just, you know, Chewbacca wasn't there, so maybe it was just some, you know, civilians from the party who were being carried away. (laughs) And they died, that's fine. She did fucking use force lightning to kill a bunch of people, but, like, she's not turning to the dark side because she didn't kill her friend. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay, she still gets to yeah, if, if if we rule out killing people, then everyone in this series is evil. <laughs> well, um, C three PO doesn't kill. Yeah, no, not on purpose. No, at least. Yeah, no, because he he did have his head strapped onto a battle droid body at one point, but he wasn't in control of that. Yeah. Which begs the question: um, Why do battle droids have heads? Hmm. Uh, to give people something. Uh, maybe, maybe the head is where they keep the antenna that connects them to the command ship, so that they all can shut down at once. Roger, Roger. Mm. Um, but yeah. So after the Summer Games Fest, the only other presentation I've seen there was a Devolver, um, conference oh, a couple hours later, where it was. Like this year, their thing—it's it, the same cast, but they—they they make just like a one-off joke about how there was a storyline that went nowhere in past years, so it's not entirely following off of their past ones, but it is the same kind of humor. Where this one is that they've built a mecha robot that will. Um, like streamline and synergize all video game stuff everywhere i think i think it was something like that but the the mecha robot they needed someone to pilot it remotely so they got suda 51 to come in via uh like video you know zoom call stream and like his face appears on tv that comes out of the chest of the mecha robot jesus christ and so they then you know, do a game trailer while they're, you know, like they need time to set up the robot or something. And after they do the trailer, they find, oh, our numbers are going up because people are talking about this game. And then the, the synergies start building on each other until it becomes a singularity and the whole universe is going to collapse because all games are becoming one thing as all companies are buying other companies. And then the game multiverse all collapses into the singularity and it's just mecha suda 51 talking to nina who's dressed like the child empress from never-ending story who offers him <laughs> the, the the one remaining loot box coin 
of all of gaming. And he uses it to make a wish to go back in time and blow up the robot before any of this happens. Also, they showed like three game trailers. And <laughs> one of them looked interesting. It's this one. I get people, a lot of people, a surprising number of people are talking about. Uh, it's called The Plucky Squire. And it's a game made, I guess, by like one of the art directors of some of the Pokemon games. And it's huh. it starts off, you're playing like a Legend of Zelda style, top-down, you know, kid with a hat and a sword kind of adventure game thing. Except it's inside of a picture book. And like the narration of the picture book tells you what to do. Um, but then when he reaches the end of that picture book, he decides to walk off the edge and walks off into the 3D world, which is like a child's bedroom. So it turns into Toy Story. As you're exploring this like 3D bedroom area, weird. And it's like it's cute and it's interest. Like the the like they show up to that point where he leaves the book, and then it just goes into like clips of the game. And it looks like there's like a kind of like Zelda um, Link Between Worlds, where you can like walk into flat surfaces. Sometimes they show him like walking along the you know the printed oh, yeah. design on a ceramic mug. Um, so you can like walk into walls and into floors and things, but also you're walking around in 3D. So That's interesting. It looks cute. It's definitely coming to Switch, and I think Steam. I don't remember if it's also coming to the other consoles or not. Hmm. I. I mean, it seems like it would. Devolver usually publishes on everything, to my yeah. knowledge. Yeah, it, it probably is. It'll just release it everywhere. Yeah, <clears throat> sounds interesting. Yeah. And the only other game conference that I'm interested in that they've announced is that Xbox is doing their usual show uh, tomorrow. Except I'll be off playing cards when that happens. So I guess I'll watch it after and maybe maybe check in between games to see if anybody is talking about stuff they've announced. Yeah. yeah, so while you're at your strip poker game, um, yeah. they'll be talking about more Halos and Gears of Wars. I mean, they'll probably be talking about Starfield and whatever else Bethesda has going. Um, I'm hoping they have talk an about update. Star Citizen. <laughs> mm, I hope they have an update on that Perfect Dark game. And hopefully the update isn't that it's coming exclusively to Xbox Series X. Because at that point I'll probably never get it. Um, otherwise I don't know what else they'd be talking about that I'd care about. I don't even know what Microsoft has going on games-wise anymore. Like I, like, I know they bought Bethesda and stuff like that, but I, I just mean like core... Mm. Like Microsoft... Uh, stuff like I I feel like every everything they have um, just like kind of dies off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from Halo, they are and like Forza, they are kind of just like generic games. It's like all all the games, and the thing they're really banking on is Games Pass being such a value proposition that people sign up for that. Uh, yeah. but they're not they don't really have as much <clears throat> of an identity as 
definitely not as like Nintendo is all about identity. Sony is kind of halfway. Like they have their franchises, but they also have a lot of everything else. Yeah. And then Xbox kind of had an identity at one point, maybe, but that yeah, that's kind of yeah. died off. Like yeah, in 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 like the 360 era, they were kind of like the like college boy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like oh, they had all the shooters and they had driving games, and then that's about it. Um, yeah, and they still have that, but those just aren't as memorable because they're everywhere. Yeah, it's like, they're like not they have, really exclusive either. Yeah, no, their exclusives, and even their exclusives are all on PC because they're more of a software company than a hardware company. Which I guess worked out because hardware is hard to come by now. Um, but Yeah, they, they hit, they, they actually hit that, <laughs> they hit that um, timing really well. Hmm. But, I mean, yeah, because there's, like, Halo, which is a space shooter, but also it hasn't... It's been kind of sporadic whether they get new games or not. It, like, Halo Infinite took, like, what, seven, six years? from I think Halo 5 was, like, 2014 or 15. Um, yeah, because it, it, it came out um, pretty close after... Xbox One, which was 2013. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was that, and then since then there's been Halo Wars 2, which I don't think anybody really played or cared about. And then and then Infinite finally just came out. Um, so that one's been a little spotty. Gears of War, I haven't heard anything about a new game for that in a long time. Uh, all the stuff with Rare seems to have died you know they made that one banjo kazooie game that everyone hated in the 360 era and then <laughs> since then they've just been trying to make sea of thebes function i guess they they made that killer instinct game that nobody played mm. yeah yeah it's like when they got rare in the 360 era they had them make a bunch of stuff off of their you know numerous properties that weren't still nintendo's uh mm. But then, yeah, I guess none of those really panned out well enough for them to keep doing it, so it seems like Rare's just been doing a couple projects. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't... Like, out of all the, like, mid to late 90s and maybe even early 2000s Rare stuff that was really good and memorable, like, I don't know, who like, who was that Rare that was even there at that point yeah no yeah because mo most of the, like, the key staff left and joined what's it platonic the the group that did ukulele yeah. um yeah it, and even like even ukulele was pretty mixed as far as i could tell yeah ukulele is i mean it, it's probably as good as banjo kazooie but that was a game that was good in 2000 and games have moved on since then so it feels kind of simple now yeah um, and and then like this the other ukulele the 2d ukulele game is pretty good uh, is it feels like a donkey kong country game but i don't know how many people even noticed or bothered with it yeah, I mean, I, 
like after the original ukulele like i don't know if anybody was really excited for another one like, yeah. i mean i know they had people who liked it but i don't i don't think it was enough people to really like latch on to it yeah i think the first one might have also had a problem with i think it was like crowdfunded through kickstarter <clears throat> if I remember right, yeah, and that I, I probably set so. people's expectations a little higher than what can actually be done by a game studio of that size. Yeah, and also I don't think most people know how expensive it is to make a game. Mm. So like they, like I, I don't I don't know what kind of numbers they actually hit, but like if they see a game that raised like $4 million, um... They don't actually know how much, and, and like honestly, I don't either. But like, they don't actually know how far that money can go mm. in in actual development. Mm. Like, because I I I have no idea to be honest. Yeah. Like I I think people see like oh, they 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 made all this money and they only have twelve employees. <laughs> like get get it out like as soon as possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it worked for Project Wingman, so I'm okay. Mm. <laughs> and also Shovel Knight, I think. Yeah, I don't know how many employees they had. I know that like that one was a game that got kickstarted. Uh, it was like one of the Shantae games got kickstarted. Yeah. Um, Project Wingman is basically like one dude who who made the game. Like I think an art an art director maybe mm. and uh the guy who made the music and i i think that's about it mm. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive um yeah I, I have no idea about shovel knight like i know hollow knight um i think team cherry is like three or four people oh yeah is... I, i've never played hollow knight i just know it's become a running gag that people keep asking when silk song is coming out and yeah. it's become the new Half-Life 3. That anytime there's an announcement, people have to ask when this thing's coming out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's basically just because they announced it, like, four or five years ago now. Mm. Well, like, they, they announced it, like, a year after the original Hollow Knight came out. Mm. Um, so it's like Metroid Prime 4, where they announced, oh, we're starting development, yeah. and then silence. Well, the I, I don't I don't think they were ever like completely silent. I, like I I think they just turned it from like a short DLC thing where you play as a different character into like its own game. Okay. Um, which is the same thing that happened to Subnautica Below Zero, and they probably should have kept it as a DLC. Hmm. <laughs> because it it's not that's a whole that's a whole other thing. I don't want to talk about Subnautica Below Zero. Mm. It's not, it's not great. It's good, but it's not great. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, because like other Switch games, since I've been on vacation, just needed something to do. I've started replaying Metroid Dread, um, and since I played it the last time, they added an easier mode. So I'm playing it on the easier mode because I'm lazy and I don't want to have to struggle through every fight. Um, did you kill the things? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the process of killing the things and exploring the places. 
the Emmys are still a pain in the ass, but at least I have a better idea of how to run from them. And also that some of them, even though it seems like you could kill them in some spots, you really need to, you know, run farther into the maze and find a better spot where there's like a long stretch to be able to line up a shot on it. Because otherwise you don't have the time to charge up a shot before it gets to you. Um, huh. But... Yeah, I mean, that, that's been pretty fun. And then I started up a new file on Katamari Damacy, and I've beaten all the main missions on that one. And it does feel like it's going a lot more smoothly since I've already beaten the game once before, <clears throat> so I know more of what I'm doing. Uh, doesn't, you know, I don't think I've failed any of them the way I did the first time through, because, like, the time limit, if you you know, don't know where to go or what kind of things you can yeah. collect. You, you can get stuck, and then you know you don't where, where's get it that big enough. Big, where's that big ring of small trees? I need to grow bigger mm. so I can start piling up cars. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it's like you really want to get this one thing, but you know you're not big enough, and you should really just move on get a bunch of other things that are, you know, focus on the things that are the biggest you can get at that size, and then you get bigger, and then you come back and get that big octopus off of that island, because you want to make sure you have that <laughs> particular octopus. Um, oh, yeah, you need the octopus. Yeah. Yeah, I need to find every one of those octopuses and keep all of them and make sure they don't fall off when I bump into a building. Yeah. You should just not bump into buildings then, Jade. Well, I mean, it's different. You know, my thumbs are cramping up from these twin stick controls. <laughs> You're drifting. Oh, mm. no. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the thumbsticks that are drifting. It's just my hands. Your hands are drifting. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I've done all the main missions on it and some of the Constellation side missions. I know there was one of them that's a pain in the ass. I think it's the cow one. Where like, you can only collect one of that kind of creature. Um, and so, in order to get the biggest one, you have to like avoid all of them until, you know, and just collect other things to get your ball big enough to get the biggest one. That sounds annoying. Yeah. Like, that one was a pain in the ass. Some of the other, like, the fish one was fine. You just collect all the fish that you can. And you can collect other things too, but just so that you get big enough to catch more fish. There's always a bigger one. Mm. Yep. So that's what I've been playing for games. I I played a Pokemon. Yep. You stayed up late kicking Cynthia's ass. Yep. I mean, it was really close, actually. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I. Um. So yeah, yesterday. Uh, did I get the? The eighth badge yesterday too, or was that the uh, day before? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think since last time we recorded, you've also done like the whole distortion world thing, and oh, yeah. Cyrus. Like, like I think last time I recorded, I only had like five badges. Yeah, I don't think you'd uh, even gone up to like the icy area yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it. I don't even like. Or even like, about I don't think the lake had been blown up yet because we didn't talk about the lake blowing up. Oh yeah, yeah. I th I think um, I think when I stopped last time, it was before. 
It was before I fought Crasher Wake, maybe? Mm, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, because bef right, at, right after you fight him is when um, Team Galactic actually gets threatening. Mm. Um, yeah, they blow up a lake and laugh at all the fish. Yeah. And that's when I genuinely started to hate a Pokemon team, which is the first time that's happened. Mm. <laughs> like, because they actually do, like... Eco-terrorism. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Um, like, they actually do harm on screen, which mm. is a thing that doesn't really happen. Like in, like in in Gen One, they say like, "Oh, Team Rocket killed this Marowak," mm. but like they don't they don't show it, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Most of what they're doing is like stealing stuff, and they hold that one corporate tower hostage once. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's very like um, Sentai kid show um, level villainy. Mm. Um, we're like, oh, they, they killed the thing, but they did it off screen, so it's not that bad. Mm. Um, like they, oh, they, they took over this building, but you know, you, you beat them and then it's all fine. Yeah. Rocket um, does a lot of ground level stuff. Magma yeah, and Aqua are weird. They're, they're just idiots. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're just fucking idiots. Yeah. They're two rival teams having a philosophical argument about something stupid. <laughs> they want to destroy the world. Yeah, they're like, well, we need more land. No, we need more water. <laughs> we need more land. Yeah, we need... It is the philosophical argument between should we have more land or should we have hey. more water? Hey, do you think we should make every volcano erupt or do you, you think we should flood the world? <laughs> yep. Like, um, and then in Gen Four, they just they just fucking Gen, go for it. Like Gen Four is a weird cult evil. about a guy yes. who wants to capture it, God and like, use God to remake the universe. Uh, yeah, um, Cyrus is a legitimate psychopath and a cult leader who, yeah, like he said, he wants he wants to summon god and then capture god and use it to make remake the world in his image yeah <laughs> yeah because he hates spirit or some shit it's yeah some dumb anime villain bullshit yeah but yeah he blows up like, a lake and uh like know. like first he blows up a nature preserve mm. like for no reason yeah um and then he he blows up a lake and then they they pile all the dead flopping magikarp bodies in the middle of the lake yeah all because he's and trying like, to get well, some red crystals or something that's part of the magic chain yeah. that he can use to put a leash on god when god shows up yeah yeah so, like he he blows up a lake and then he's gonna blow up other lakes but then the you know the kid crew stops him yeah. Um but it it turns out he captured the the legendary lake uh Pokemon anyway, so it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter, I we guess. Figured out how to do it without bombs. Yeah. I 
I, I think they explain it by saying that, oh, he, he got to this one underground cave, so the other caves just sprung out of the water. Oh, okay, which, so he which I don't, discovered the I don't grand know underground. Ever... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a whole underground network, but he, he could just go through that. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, just pass by all the kids in their secret bases <laughs> they're setting up in the tunnels under the world. Yeah. While they're, you know, doing their touch control games to dig fancy rocks out of the walls. What a fucking waste of time. Like, <laughs> it's been like a half hour on it. And it's Like, I I think the only reason somebody would ever do that was it was actually, like, 2009. And um, you wanted to build a competitive team. Yeah. So you needed resources. Yeah, it, it's a thing that I've had to do in the remake, because in the remake post-game, uh, Pal Park, which is a place in the original game which you used to port your Gen 3 Pokemon, Pal Park has been changed to a place where all the big legendaries from past games can be caught, but in order to catch them, you need to go into the underground and do a bunch of digging to get these ra uh, very rare drops of these like little red stone things. That you exchange with a person at the desk of the pal park who gives you a slate that is in the shape of like a Game Boy cartridge or a Game Boy Advance cartridge, depending which, you know, Pokemon you're trying to summon. And so, yeah, I've had to do a bunch of that pointless drilling to get these rare stones to try to get the legendaries. And it's really boring and really tedious. And you just get that song stuck in your head, like. <laughs> And it's just that over and over and over. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, like, so. I, so Cyrus uh, yeah, networks. He's a, he's a dick. He, he uh, got, a, got a magic chain and went up to the yeah. top of a mountain. Yep. He, he, he goes up at the mountain. He summons Dialga and Palkia, the... Uh, physical manifestations of space and time. Yep. As you do. Yep. Um, and then. And then the devil showed up. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. Darkrai is the devil, but Giratina really should be the devil. Like Gi Giratina is the, the the like coolest edgy looking Pokemon, mm. and it's not close, right? Yeah. Like it, it pops up with this little. A puddle of shadow at the ground and it like lunges at Cyrus and creates a portal yep. to the distortion world which is um, a world that is so boring that space and time stop existing <laughs> <laughs> yeah kinda it looks really cool for like the first 10 minutes mm. but you, you'll spend like an hour there like getting through the puzzles mm. so it's not it's not great. <laughs> but you do get to run down a waterfall. Yeah. The the waterfall part is really cool. Mm. Because like the the waterfall is flowing up, so you go into it and then the the camera shifts. Yeah, cuz this it's a game going that's down. pretty much all even though it has like kind of 3D. I mean, I guess it is still pixel, but it, it's not a 3D game, but it suddenly becomes 3D. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird hybrid um, between two D and three D, and it's really easy to tell when you when you walk up sideways in the distortion world. Mm. 
because the the, pi- the pixels get kind of scrunched, mm. <laughs> so it looks really weird. Um, because it's distorted. Yes, Jay. <laughs> yep. I get it now. <laughs> it's distorted. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, so yeah, you you do all the stupid rock puzzles, um, and then and you, you the and devil in the Cynthia. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you well, have to fight Cyrus. First. Yeah, you and Cynthia get to Cyrus, and then she doesn't help you fight him for the fate of the universe. Yeah. Um, nah, she's done that before. Yeah, apparently. Mm. Um, so I kick Cyrus's ass. Um, it was very easy. Um, yep. Cyrus sucks, but he has a crowbat who is also a dick because they're best friends. Yeah. He's yeah, libertarian crowbat. Yeah. <laughs> like he, Cyrus goes on this tangent about how like he hates friendship, but he has a crowbat which can only evolve through friendship, so it makes no sense. Yep. Um. So yeah, you beat him. He fucks off. Um. And then yeah, he, he's spent all his life trying to find God, but he got beat up by a kid, so he's just gonna go. <laughs> That's a way to put it. <laughs> yep. So you get to go fight the evil god and punch it in the schnoz and uh, yeah. capture it. <laughs> so yeah, I I caught Giratina with the with an ultra ball, um, and then apparently the whole universe collapsed, <laughs> and I went back to. The, to our world, mm, yep. or the Pokemon world. Well, yeah, because they say the Distortion world is an extension of Giratina, so you captured that whole pocket dimension in your Pokeball. Yeah. Imagine that. It's a pocket dimension monster. Mm. Um, and when you throw it out into battle, it creates another universe that sucks up your opponent and all their Pokemon. And they all become trapped inside. That would be cool. That would be like the... There's a... There's a rift gun in um, Ratchet and Clank 3 that just shoots black holes, and if the enemy is small enough, they just get sucked into it. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, I think Saints Row 4 had something like that, too. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank is really good. Mm. Uh, okay, so you beat anyway, Cyrus and caught Giratina. Yeah. And fought some and then, more gym leaders. Yeah, and then I... <laughs> And then I sweeped um, Volkner with uh, my Garchomp named Spike. Mm. Um, and he remembered he why he hated p- battling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I love this um, narrative of like Volkner being tired of battling. Mm. And he's like, you know, I might be too good. I might have to go um, try to be the champion. Yeah, th- this with, al- with with my four electric type Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of gym leaders in Gen Four who don't want to do their jobs. It's it's like there's yeah. the mining guy who's off in the mine instead of attending the gym. There's a uh, ghost lady who is off doing a contest and had her gym closed. And then there's Volkner yeah. who's just like hanging out on the beach, staring off in the middle distance because battling has gotten so boring for him. Yeah, he's apparently too good with his four monotype electric Pokemon. Mm. 
um, which by the way, <laughs> there's a ground uh, trainer in the Elite Four, so that would not work out too well for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kicked his ass. It 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 was just four earthquakes, and I won. Mm. Um. So yeah. So then, with with that really exciting battle, <laughs> he just got absolutely crushed. Um. He found the will to to be a gym leader again. Mm. Which, yeah, okay, dude, you, you have fun with that. I don't care. Um, yeah. Then victory road is kind of boring. Um, and you fought Jared Leto one last time. Yep. I I moored them real bad. Um, and then I did the actual Elite Four after I leveled up for like an hour. Uh, and the first fight was like, I kind of. Like, the Elite Four is weird in a nuzlocke because like the the levels are so different like the the first one had like level 50 pokemon but the champion has like level 62 yeah so i was kind of over leveled for the first few and under leveled for the last one yeah um and the first one's a bug trainer so i mean it was like where's the threat yeah somehow Um, he made it into the elite four as a bug guy yeah I mean, which which is pretty impressive, I guess. Mm. Maybe there was maybe a psychic he, type person there before yeah. and he beat them. Yeah, maybe maybe the guy, um, maybe the the psychic elite four guy was the one who fought him. He was like, "Oh, this guy's pretty good." Mm. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, I beat him pretty easy. I had a I had an infernape and a crobat. It was it was pretty easy. Mm. Um, and then. <laughs> The the ground um, elite four member and the fire elite four member I beat the exact same way. I just used dragon dance with my Gyarados a few times, and then I swept with waterfall. Mm. Um, that that's how you that's how you're supposed to play Pokemon if you're good at it. <laughs> or you can just use Surf. Yeah, well, Surf is not good with Gyarados yeah. because it's. Spe- he has bad special attack, but he has really good r- physical attack. Mm. Blah blah blah, um, nerd shit. Uh, <laughs> um, and then for the psychic trainer, I got really lucky. Um, I killed its Mister Mime with my Bronzong, which was pretty easy. Then I I put the Alakazam to sleep the first time, which was lucky. Then I, I switched and um, I killed it in one hit. Then the Espeon came out and I killed that in one hit. Um, which is weird because I thought Espeon w- was really fast, but I guess it's not. No, um, this one's it's a smart Espeon. It's not <laughs> a fast Espeon. Yeah, it's a... It's a I, I was trying to think of a pun, but I couldn't. So I'm, I'm just going to... I was gonna continue, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then shit. I I think after that I just swept with the guard chomp again mm. because it knows crunch. Um. So yeah. So then it's just Cynthia, and her team 
sucks to fight because she actually has really good coverage. Yep. Um, Spiritomb. Mm. Milotic that just spams recover forever. Yeah, I actually actually got decently lucky with the Milotic too. Um, well, anyway, I against the Spiritomb, I sent out the Bronzong and I put it to sleep. Um, and then I switched to the Garchomp and just used Earthquake until it died. Mm. So and she that didn't went pretty smoothly. No, she didn't. Huh. Well, I, In the remake, she, she switches stuff a lot. Yeah, I guess she could have switched to Togekiss, um, which would have been annoying, but not really super dangerous. Mm. Um, yeah, she usually does save Garchomp for last. Yeah. I, I guess she didn't switch to Togekiss because um, it doesn't have an mm. ice move. So Yeah, and Fairy-type exists in the remake, so that affects things. Yeah. Yeah, Togekiss being Fairy-type is so much better than it being Normal-type. Um... So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have mm. to look up exactly how it went. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing I'm already in well, Discord. We know that most of them didn't die. Okay. Yeah, I only had one death. Yeah. The rest were all in the red, except yeah. Spike, the MVP. Um, okay, so I killed her spirit tomb with a couple earthquakes, and she sent out the guard chop. And I was really scared of it dying with one dragon move because it's five levels ahead and I didn't think I would outspeed. Um, so I switched in the Bronzong, which can tank a dragon move. And then I switched in the Gyarados, which has Intimidate, so it lowers the attack. And also mm. it knows Ice Fang. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the 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 problem with that is that because the Bronzong was just in, the Garchomp used Flamethrower, and the Gyarados got burned. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, when a Pokemon is burned, oh. its attack is cut in half. Mm. So that Ice Fang barely did anything. Um, so that really sucked. Um. So then what I did was I switched back to the Bronzong um, to bait another flamethrower so I could switch into um, the Infernape Funk Wukong, mm. which I love that name. Um, and I, I, thought, I thought he would be able to one-shot it with close combat, but he didn't. And then he died because of Earthquake. And that, no, that I mean, Goku me dies sad. all the time. He'll come back. Yeah. He, he can come back. If I do the post-game, it's not going to be Nuzlocke yeah, rules he, he anymore. Yeah, from like Otherworld to help the team again. Yeah. <laughs> he, he won the Otherworld yeah. tournament. The filler arc. Um, okay, so... The enemy guard shop survived on barely any health. So, I... I I sent in my Garchomp, which apparently does outspeed. So mm. that would have been nice to know in the beginning. Um, and so I killed it with revenge. 
Um, and it sent out the Milotic, so I sent out the Luxray, which killed it in a few hits. It actually, the first move actually paralyzed, um, and then it, I, I thought the Lux, I thought Luxeal, the Luxray, was gonna die to a surf, mm. but apparently it survived. Um, so that's nice. So we killed the Melodic. And then the Roserade came out. Um, and Luxia was on basically no health at this point. So I sent out the Bronzong, who was also on basically no health at this point. But um, it can take a psychic move. So it did that. And then I switched into the Crobat, which mm. killed it pretty easily, obviously. Um, and then the toga kiss i i think i just i think i just switched to the garchomp again and just killed it with the uh, dragon rush and then all, all she had left was a lucario which dies easily to earthquake and then i won i i i beat i beat the game except not really cuz i think there's other shit to do I, I mean, I, I think it's just catching the legendaries. There isn't really a post-game story, I don't think. Yeah, like I, I think yeah, there's, there's a post-game like a battle area. island. Um, yeah. Um, I see. Like I, I, I looked it up this time because I, I missed a bunch of post-game mm. stuff on Emerald because like there's a whole fight with Steven that I didn't do yet mm. that I'm gonna end up going back to do um yeah I mean Emerald has a battle island uh but Diamond Pro Platinum has a battle island and legendaries to hunt but yeah I I think the only ones like that I might do is the the Gen 5 mm. like tournament thing because that has a lot of interesting stuff going on but other than that I don't think um, I'm going to do any like the battle frontier yeah. type stuff alright and that that's Pokemon Platinum it's it's very good like I the the DS Pokemon game shit I don't speak dog. I don't know. All right, give me a second. If that was about Pokemon or not. All right, I'm back. <laughs> uh, the D the DS Pokemon games are probably like the the best Pokemon has has been like just in regards to looking mm. and playing good. Um, because I mean, after that, you you get into the, like the really gimmicky stuff with you know x and y and stuff and before that like the the mechanics just aren't really mm. refined because like up, up through up through generation three like um there's still stuff like every water move is special and like mm. every normal move is physical um which doesn't matter a whole lot if you're like just playing pokemon like a normal person <laughs> but 
uh, if you're playing a nuzlocke or like playing competitively like that stuff really matters um, but it matters with po Pokemon stats like Houndoom is completely useless <laughs> in Gen 2 um, because I think dark moves are physical mm -hmm. but it has high special so like it basically can't it was something like that I don't, I don't remember exactly but yeah, so that sucks. Um, so you have to use it as a fire type more than a dark type. Yeah, yeah, basically. But I mean, th there's mm. a billion fire types, right? But there's only there's not mm. that many dark types in Gen two. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Gen five. Um. Because I wanna, I wanna tell people how wrong they are when they say it's the best mm. one. But I might just really like it. <laughs> yeah, so. I have only played White Two, and I wasn't I, really impressed. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's just the thing where, like, oh, ten, ten years after a game comes out, there's like all the people who grew up with it, mm. that that now have opinions, right? Like, hey. That's just how things go. Mm. Like, I don't know, in, in a few years we might get people talking about how X and Y was <laughs> the best Pokemon game, which, mm. I mean, they're wrong, but yeah. I'll respect their opinion. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, Black and White was divisive because I think that's the one where they went the farthest to try to distance it from other Pokemon games. Like, I don't know if... I, I want to say before the post-game, if even then you can't get any pokemon that aren't new to gen 5 i think it if i remember right it's only gen 5 pokemon available there's like 150 new ones that they made and they're that's all you can get until at least the post game hey i don't mind that honestly mm. yeah i mean it, it makes it unique but also means that for people who go into pokemon games expecting to get their favorite Pokemon from other games, uh, this game isn't about that. It's trying yeah. to do Pokemon again instead of pretty much every like you know the 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 Gen two three two especially but also like three and four had those elements of they bring back some classic Pokemon and mix them in with the new Pokemon. Yeah, but from yeah, six like, onward is where it really became about like we're gonna do something. That really appeals to the Gen Oneers every time. It'd be like you can get yeah. a Charmander and it'll become a Mega Charizard by the end. Or, 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 or I mean, was Gen Six the one where you got your starter and then you've also got an original starter and you get to pick one of each? I think <laughs> they yeah. did that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you you could you could have um, yes, yeah, so like you could have your. Uh, what is it? You could have your Greninja and a Charizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they let or you, you pick have... an original starter on top because they want... Yeah. Yeah, and even, like, the colors of X and Y. It's a blue and a red uh, game. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, half of them were blue and red until Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Because red and blue were red and blue. Gold and silver were different. Ruby and yeah. Sapphire are red and blue again. Uh, diamond and pearl are different. Yeah. Uh, black and white are different. 
X and Y are red and blue mm-hmm. again. Sun and moon yeah. are like orange and purple. So those are they're different. It's it's basically it's basically red. Yeah, and blue. They're, like, they're slightly different. Red and blue with different names. Yeah. Uh, sword and shield are red and blue again. Um, scarlet okay. and violet are red and basically. Bluish. Um, <laughs> it's basically red and yeah. blue. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Enough. Did we talk about scarlet and violet after the the trailer? I don't remember if we did last time. I I don't think we really talked about the trailer. I, I don't know if the trailer was out um, last time because I don't remember talking about it. Because I was fully planning to get violet, thinking like yeah, I I prefer the color purple to yet another red, um, and you know like when they showed the trailer and I saw it, it's like okay, I like this purple jet dragon better than the red motorcycle dragon, um, but then I saw the the professor's full costumes and I, I can't not get the <laughs> and you're yeah thirsty. and I have to get the midriff professor because I'm a pervert so yeah. I guess I have to get Scarlet now yeah you you have to get Unga Bunga Mommy instead of uh, Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards <laughs> yeah and I have no idea how that's going to work with the, apparently there's some kind of time related thing because it's cave woman professor and future yeah. scientist professor and motorcycle yeah. isn't really there's not as much of a time difference between motorcycle and sonic jet but there's sort of a difference maybe uh, maybe, maybe it's not a motorcycle maybe it's just years? wheels it's like this is the wheel and this is a flying jet engine I mean, I, I assume yeah. still red. Red is past, and purple is future. But yeah, it's Pokemon games. They're going to be exactly the same game with barely any differences. So we'll see how much yeah. of that actually applies. Like, it it seems like they're just trying to add like a bunch of superficial differences to make it seem like more of a different mm-hmm. game. Um, aside from being able to get the one legendary, yeah, get more people than just the completionists to buy both versions. Yeah, but I mean, if you're getting Scarlet, I'll get Violet. Mm. I'll get yeah, you can um, get the Jet Dragon. Ace, I'll get Ace Combat yeah. Dragon. <laughs> that I will. I will probably just name Mobius one. <laughs> yep, and I get the Ungabunga Mommy, who may or may not turn out to be the villain, because there's also a theory going around that the professors are going to be the villains. Cool. Which would make sense, because they I'll have some it. pretty intense faces on these professors. Yeah. Yeah, like, she looks like she's going to rip your neck out with her mouth. Um, and he looks and like he Cyrus like... 2.0. <laughs> Basically. Like, he's not nearly as, like... Um, imposing as Cyrus, but also he does look like a villain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's less cult leader and more just a very serious guy on a very serious mission. Yeah. He he's <laughs> he's he's like Admiral Thrawn esque yeah. um, stature. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Apparently, there's multiplayer. They haven't really talked about how that works exactly mm. but yeah and we'll see it I, i'm kind of picturing it being like th- how sword and shield had parts of the world that were open world and probably those parts of the world will also have a thing where you can have other players 
drop into your game and all be running around this same part of the map together. Yeah. They they showed like instead of them all playing together though they they showed them all like going off in different directions mm. and doing stuff and all wearing like, like dress shirts and ties which I hope aren't the yeah. only things you can get in this game cuz I don't want to play a fancy child. I it, it's it's not going to be that's just like uh, it's seems like it's just like a school uniform type mm. thing that um is a very japanese thing to go by yeah <laughs> yeah they haven't confirmed the um, region yet i mean people are speculating spain and portugal but i don't know yeah i i know a lot of a lot of the names are spanish but it's also i, I think some of our, some of it is also italian mm. so it's kind of hard to really talk about yeah or yeah. Like really figure yeah, out i mean i could see either one working is where this one is because i mean like they they did they did japan like four times and yeah. then they did the the u.s uh they I did mean, new york and they did new hawaii. york with like some desert yeah <laughs> yeah they did new york and hawaii for u.s stuff yeah and they've done europe and three then, times with France, England, and this one presumably being Spain or Italy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it it the the one the one theme that always uh, <laughs> there's always water. There's always a lot of water. Mm. <laughs> um, because uh, water Pokemon have to be the most abundant every time. Yep. You have to get that Gyarados in every game. Yep. And there's also a lot of normal types, but it's mostly the same one that just shows up everywhere. There has to be a yeah. new rat, and there has to be a new bird. Yep. Well, it's not always a rat, but it, it's always it's a, like yeah, vermin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I my favorite is when there is a ferret, which um. Is like the the least um, vermin-y type, mm. and then there's <laughs> um, rodent Pokemon. Usually I think. a new, sometimes the same uh, three stage bug that might have a divergent evolution line. Yeah. What was the bug in Gen Four? Uh, Combi, maybe that was only a two stage. I don't yeah. know. Did did they do Wormple again in that one? Wormple was around. Because um, Gen 1 and 2 was Caterpie and Weedle. Gen 3 had Wormple with its split line. Gen 4 might have been Wormple again. I don't remember. Gen 5, uh, Gen 5, because they made it so unique to its own region, it feels like the Pokemon there haven't done as much in other regions. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think uh, Cricketot and Cricketune are Gen 4, I think. No, yeah, probably. Um, Burmy and Wormadam? Mm, yep, yeah, the four seasonal Burmies. Um, Mothem, Combi, and Vespaquin. 
Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they did a bunch of one and two stage bugs. Yeah. Not, and well, I guess there's Yon Mega, which evolves. Uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, more, because Gen 4 had the whole thing of we're going to bring back classic two-stage Pokemon and add a third stage. Yeah. And that's how so, they did I mean, their nostalgia. Th- there's really not like a standard um, bug Pokemon in Gen 4, mm-hmm. I guess. But I, like I think around Gen 4, they, they started adding less. Mm. Or it might have been Gen 3 where like they started adding less Pokemon, so they might... Yeah, Gen uh, 3, they reduced the Pokedex size down to 200 and mixed in some old and new ones. And then Gen 4, they also only added maybe 100 tops. Um, And a bunch of those were new third stage for um, classic ones. And then Gen 5, they did a whole 150 new ones and didn't let you see the old ones until at least the end of the game. <laughs> and then Gen 6, they barely added any. They added, like, 50 Pokemon. Yeah, but one of them was Sylveon, so it's it's alright. Mm. It's worth mm. it. <laughs> and then Gen 7, I don't, uh, I don't think they added that much either, but you couldn't even get a National Dex in 7, so 7's where I lost track of what's new and what's yeah. not. Yeah, right. Sun and Moon is when I I realized that like okay, like I don't care about catching every Pokemon ever. Mm. <laughs> and it, like there, there's like seven, eight hundred of them now. Yeah, they um, they discourage it from seven onward. Like six yeah. was the last time you really could get them all. And then seven, they're like, don't even bother. There's no national decks. You won't be able to track them even if you get them. Yeah, in, in X and Y, it was it was actually fun to try to get them all because, like, they had actively made ways to transfer Pokemon up. Mm. Um, yeah, and and like X Y Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, you could catch every Pokemon except for the Mythics in those four games, and they were all yeah. the same generation. But they also like had. Um, like worldwide events where you could get the mythics if you yeah, wanted. Yeah, they distributed them digitally. Yeah. Eventually. But you couldn't After transfer I'd them. After I'd already hacked them all is... in and transferred them <laughs> up. Are, are you saying that the shiny Arceus I got for my Politoed might not have been genuine? No, mm, uh, it's just. You know, I mean, I wouldn't touch the Arceus to see if uh, that was spray paint that was making you shine. <laughs> All right, we, we'll have to we'll have to inspect the Arceus mm. next time to okay. look a gift Arceus in the mouth. <laughs> you gotta find its mouth first. It's somewhere. It doesn't have one, does Not it? Not really. Not unless no, one of those space we'll lips is actually a mouth. We'll have to go up the Arceus. <laughs> the probe god. I also had a shiny Jirachi. <laughs> probe god. Oh lord. Future, I'm all over mm. again. Um, all right, I, I don't, I don't really have much yeah, more to say about. We're over Pokemon. two hours now, so. Yeah, yeah. So fuck you. You don't get no. any more. We we've held the audience <laughs> hostage long enough. Yeah. Um. Bye, Eugene. Mm.
I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about whatever other Pokemon nonsense they they show. Mm. Like, oh, you can do multiplayer, but it's o- it's only land play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me that's a thing Nintendo wouldn't do because it definitely bring is. Bring back link cables and say it's for nostalgia, and assume it works <laughs> because everyone in Japan exists within one mile of each other, so they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. God, they actually would bring back link cables. Um. I- anyway, uh, we're we're done. Goodbye. Bye. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>